This podcast is for information only and should not be considered legal advice. There is no representation that the legal services to be performed by LOCA are better than the services of other attorneys. There is no guarantee of the outcome. Success is rendered on a case-by-case basis. Welcome back, everybody. This is Tim Markley from K. Altman Law, and you are listening to the Legally Blind Justice Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss academic dismissal and why does it happen. And then we'll talk about what you can do about it. So academic dismissal is when a college or university decides to terminate your enrollment, typically due to poor academic performance. This can be devastating and it's a stressful experience, but it doesn't have to be the end of your educational journey. In today's podcast, we'll explore this in detail, why it happens, and then again, we'll talk about what you can do to address the issue. So what are the common reasons for academic dismissal? Number one is low GPA, failing to maintain a minimum grade point average required by the college or a particular program in the college. Number two is repeated course failures. Oftentimes there are courses that are required to be passed so that you can move on in the program. If a student consistently fails the same course, it may result in an academic dismissal. This is despite what your overall GPA may be. Next, failure to make satisfactory academic progress. Many institutions have policies regarding timely progress towards degree completion, and failing to meet these benchmark requirements can result in dismissal. What this means is oftentimes you have a certain amount of semesters or years to finish up parts of the program before you can move on. We see this a lot with medical schools. We see this a lot in other medical related areas. Next, excessive absences. Chronic absenteeism, particularly if it impacts your academic performance, can be a reason for dismissal. Absenteeism also can come into play with medical students in clinical settings. You are often not allowed to miss more than one or two days in a particular clinical setting. And if you do, that can be a reason for dismissal. And then you might violate some specific academic rule or policy established by the institution or by the program area. It's important to note that these reasons for academic dismissal will vary from each educational institute. It will even vary within the educational institute among different programs. For example, the medical programs may have a set of requirements different from social sciences or the PhD programs. So you need to be familiar with these policies and understand the criteria for dismissal. Additionally, many institutions do have processes in place to appeal or petition for reinstatement. And we'll dig into that a little further in the program. Colleges and universities typically have established these policies and guidelines with specific criteria. And it's designed because a lot of times universities want to establish a bench line standard. They have to be accredited by various accreditation agencies. And one of the things those accreditation agencies often look at is pass rates, failure rates, number of students taking uh, national licensing exams, and how the students do in those exams. So if you're not doing well, the university might be afraid 
that you're going to impact their pass rate on a national exam or some other kind of licensure exam. Many programs, as we've said, have a minimum GPA requirement, and falling below that threshold for an extended period of time may result in dismissal or probation or suspension. Speaking about probationary periods, some students may be placed on academic probation after a period of poor performance. And if they fail to improve during that probationary period, a dismissal might follow. So if you're placed on probation, you need to make sure you dig into the rules on A, how to come off of probation, and, the, and next, what the potential impacts are if you don't meet the probation requirements. Now, some programs, especially medical programs, have specific academic requirements and professional standards that students must meet to continue in the program. They may have a time limit requirement to complete all of their work. They may have requirements for clinical hours and clinical rotations and what, the, what those expectations are there. They're often pass-fail requirements, but also include a strong professionalism component that you need to be aware of. As we've said, many institutions will give students warnings, academic advisement, opportunities for improvement. They'll create improvement plans. Additionally, some institutions will have appeals processes for grades and for program dismissal. Students are always advised to familiarize themselves with their institution policies and seek guidance if you're facing academic difficulties. Don't wait until the last minute to try to fix a problem. Also, keep all of the documentation related to your academic issues. Keep, keep them separate from your university file system because if you're dismissed, you may be shut off from access to those files and emails. Now, how does this affect your transcript, financial aid, future enrollment? Academic dismissal can have a significant consequence on various aspects of a student's academic journey. So here's how it affects your transcript or, or future enrollment. Obviously, if you fail the course, those failing grades are going to show up on your transcript. And in many cases, there may be a dismissal notation. Some institutions include a specific notation indicating academic dismissal on the transcript. If you're in the middle of a semester and you are removed from the program, you may have to continue paying for those courses, even if you don't fi finish them. It has a serious potential on future enrollment. If you're on probation or suspension, many institutions will not accept transfer credits particularly in um, medical programs and other programs such as PhDs. It can, it can impact appeals and reinstatements. Students often will have the option to appeal the dismissal and successful appeals may allow you to continue your studies after you meet certain conditions. Transfer credits. If you decide to enroll in another institution, academic dismissal can affect your ability to transfer those credits. Many institutions are cautious about accepting students with a history of dismissal. Also, in graduate programs, it is very hard to transfer credits from one program to another. You may have to start over from day one at a different institution. It can affect your employment. For example, if you're an attorney 
you're going to have to talk about any disciplinary action that may have occurred to an ethics board when you apply for your bar license. So it could impact that. If you're a medical student, it may impact that as well. It is crucial for you, the student, to understand what the institutional policies are and then explore any available appeals or reinstatement options and consider seeking guidance from an academic advisor, a counseling service, or even an attorney. Taking proactive steps to address these issues can contribute to a more positive academic experience and truly help your personal trajectory moving forward. So if you've been accused of academic failure and you're about to be dismissed, how do you handle that? First thing I'll tell you is don't give up. Don't get angry. You will often have the option to appeal the decision and request a second chance. So we're going to discuss that now in this section. We'll discuss how to prepare and submit an effective appeal letter, what to include in that letter, and what to expect from the appeals process. What are the typical steps in an academic appeal decision? Well, the first step, and I've said this multiple times already, review institutional policies. Familiarize yourself with the university's rules or regulations related to dismissal. These policies are found typically in the handbook or on the school's official website. And remember, your program might have a different handbook than the general school handbook. So make sure you're checking for that as well. Understand the grounds for appeal. Oftentimes, universities will include specific reasons that you can appeal. For example, extenuating circumstances, medical issues, family emergencies, or other factors that contribute to academic difficulties. So you need to know what these grounds for appeal are. Next, get help. Speak with someone such as an academic advisor or an attorney or even your family to discuss why you were dismissed and seek help on the appeals process. They can provide insight into the best approach and assist you in, comp in a preparing a compelling appeal. They are also not as emotionally attached as you are to this and can provide a, an objective evaluation of your situation. Next, gather all the documents related to your appeal, related to your circumstance. Save them in some place that's not on the university's servers. Because as I said before, if you're dismissed, you may not have access to your email from the university. You may not have access to OneDrive or school Google Drive where you've been storing documents. And so you're going to need those. If it's a medical situation, make sure you get your medical records from your healthcare professionals. Make sure you get letters, evidence of treatment, all of those things that may help your appeal. Next, you're most likely going to have to compose some kind of formal appeal letter. So most universities and schools require this, and you want to make sure that the letter addresses the circumstances that are contributing to your academic struggles and explains why you should be reinstated. We tell our clients we want you to be honest, clear, and concise in your communications. Then you submit the appeal. Some universities will then go to a hearing, and so they'll schedule that hearing. You'll typically at a hearing be allowed to do an opening statement, and you can expect to answer questions from the hearing panel. 
In these kinds of situations, we, we stress dress professionally, be articulate, state your points clearly, and understand that it may come down to your credibility as to whether your appeal is accepted or not. We also think that in that hearing, you should accept responsibility if you've done something, and then show a plan for improvement. Acknowledge mistakes or shortcomings that led to your academic dismissal, and then clearly outline a plan for improvement, demonstrating that you're committed to addressing the issues that contributed to your difficulties. And then comes the hard part, waiting for a decision. This can take time. You've got to be patient. Remember that each institution has those as its own procedures, and it's crucial to understand any timelines or deadlines related to your appeal. You don't want to be kicked out for missing a due date. Now, let's shift and talk a little bit about the elements of a successful appeal letter, because this is the first thing that somebody who's looking at your appeal typically is going to see. First, clear and concise introduction. Begin your letter with a clear state of your intention to appeal the dismissal, include your name, your ID, and the specific decision that you're appealing. Explain the circumstances clearly and honestly. Explain what happened and the factors that led to your academic difficulties. This could include personal issues, medical problems, family emergencies, or other factors that affected your performance. Be specific and reference supporting documents whenever possible. If it was a medical issue and you've overcome it, I went to the doctor on these dates, this is the treatment, and here's what's happening now. Accept responsibility. Acknowledge any mistakes or shortcomings that contributed to your academic struggles. Take responsibility for your actions and then show a genuine commitment to addressing the issues that led to the dismissal. You also wanna demonstrate changes and improvements. So outline the steps that you've already taken even before you wrote the, the letter to address the challenges you faced. This could include enrolling in counseling, seeking academic support, and then demonstrate a clear plan for improvement and explain how you will ensure better academic, academic performance going forward. And then make that ask to be re reinstated. Clearly state your appeal for reinstatement. Express your desire to continue your education. Highlight the importance of your academic and personal growth. Emphasize those changes you've made or that you intend to make. Reference and provide supporting documentation. And we've talked about this before. That can be medical records, letters from a healthcare professional, or other evidence that substantiates the reasons for your academic difficulties. If there was a, an error with how you were communicating with a professor, make sure you got those emails that show that. Ensure the documentation is clear, organized, and directly related to your appeal. Next, express gratitude for the education and the opportunities provided by the institution. Convey you understand the importance of these standards. Assure the decision makers that you're committed to meeting and exceeding the standard. And then let me talk a little bit about tone. It needs to be polite and professional. Maintain that professional tone throughout the letter. Avoid blaming others and focus on your own actions and commitments to improvement. This helps create a positive impression and really demonstrates your maturity. And then wrap up your letter with a good conclusion that summarizes your key points, 
reiterating your appeal for reinstatement, express your appreciation for the opportunity to present your case. Remember that the goal of the appeal letter is to persuade the decision maker to grant your request for reinstatement. Be sincere, focused and organized in presenting your case. Follow any specific guidelines provided by your institution for that appeals process. Now, there are a lot of common mistakes that folks make when writing appeal letters. Number one is lack of accountability. I've seen students who write letters that avoid taking accountability, deflecting blame, or making excuses. Take responsibility for your academic performance. Acknowledge the mistakes you, you've made. Second is an overemphasis on excuses. While explaining your circumstances is crucial, avoid overemphasizing excuses. Focus on providing a balanced explanation without sounding like you are trying to evade responsibility. Number three, vague or generic statements. Be very specific when describing the reasons for your academic struggles. Vague or generic statements don't help and they don't provide a clear picture of your situation. And in fact, they could weaken your appeal. Next, avoid negative or hostile statements. Maintaining a positive and respectful tone in your letter is critical. Avoid expressions of anger, frustration, hostility toward the institution or faculty members or other individuals involved in the decision-making process. If there are issues related to a specific faculty member or person, make sure you address those, in, those issues in a professional manner. Number five, ignoring guidelines. I've mentioned this multiple times. You've got to follow the institution's guidelines for the appeals process. Don't ignore specific instructions. Don't miss deadlines. This can harm your chance of a successful appeal. You don't want to be kicked out because you had five days to do your appeal and you submitted it on day six. Number six, avoid exaggeration or falsehood. There's a real tendency when writing an appeal letter to make your situation sound even worse than it was. Don't. Be truthful and accurate in presenting your case. Exaggerations and false information can lead to further negative consequences. You may get more academic penalties if you make up a situation that doesn't exist. Another problem is the lack of supporting documentation. If your appeal relies on specific circumstances, provide supporting documentation. Failing to include relevant and verifiable evidence can really weaken your case. Assuming sympathy. While expressing your emotions is natural, don't assume sympathy will be a deciding factor. Focus on presenting a well-reasoned and thoughtful argument based on your circumstances and improvements. Don't overemphasize financial difficulties. While financial difficulties may be a valid reason for academic struggle and can be included in the, in the appeal letter, it should not be the overemphasized or, or biggest aspect unless it contributes directly to your dismissal. Focus on academic and personal growth. Remember, when appealing, there needs to be a reason why you struggled. So let's move from the letter now, and let's look at some of those reasons why you may have struggled academically. And these can be broadly categorized into personal, academic, and external factors. So let's look at personal factors. The number one reason we see with uh, students and personal factors is health, severe illness, 
chronic health conditions, mental health issues can significantly hinder your ability to focus and attend classes and complete your assignments. Another one are family emergencies, the death of a loved one, serious illness of a family member or a major crisis at home can create significant emotional and logistic challenges, making it difficult to concentrate on academics. This is particularly true if it happens during stressful times like midterms or finals. Financial difficulties. As I said, this is can't be the overarching one, but it can be a contributing factor. When you're struggling to pay your bills to afford housing, this can be a major source of stress and anxiety. We've seen this a lot with students who are coming from overseas and entering U.S. universities for the first time. Relationship issues. Difficult relationships with family, friends, romantic partners can be emotionally draining and distracting. Now, let's look at academic factors. Learning disabilities is a big one. Undiagnosed or unaddressed learning disabilities can make it difficult for students to keep up with the demands of college. Next would be identified learning disabilities. Sometimes if you have a learning disability, you may see a change in medication. You may stop taking your medicine for a while and then, and then get back on. And that can create these up and down periods that can be a real problem. Poor academic preparation. Students who arrive at college unprepared for the coursework and struggle and adapt. Sometimes if you admit this up front, it can be a positive in terms of applying for appeal. We see this a lot at the undergraduate level for foreign students who don't often understand the rules for citing work, and that causes them difficulties. And so that can be a reason. Time management difficulties, particularly if it's matched up with a learning disability such as ADHD, can be an academic uh, issue that affects your learning. External factors, natural disasters, hurricanes, floods, things like COVID-19 that shuts down everything and changes you from an in-person to an online learner can definitely impact your academic performance. Economic issues, uh, financial stress, uh, loss of student loans, other economic factors can contribute to that. Discrimination, experiencing discrimination on the basis of race, ethnicity, gender, or other factors can create a hostile learning environment. Now, with this one, it is very difficult to prove. So you've got to have the supporting evidence, documentation, and real examples of how you were discriminated against. Just saying discrimination is not going to work in an appeals process. Now, this is not an exhaustive list, and the specific circumstances that you qualify for as extenuating will vary depending upon your individual situation and the rules of the institution. But if you're experiencing any of these challenges, I cannot stress enough how important it is to reach out to someone for help. That can be parents, academic advisors, or even an attorney. They can provide the resources and support you to, to help navigate these difficult times. Thank you for being here and listening to this discussion of the topic. Remember, the school and the university has complex rules and policies. They've got procedures to govern the process of academic dismissal. They even have a legal staff to advise them. And you should as well. You need experience to help you get through situations such as this. Trust a law firm such as us at K. Altman Law to guide you through the legal minefield and get you the results that you need.
Thank you for listening to the Legally Blind Justice Podcast. If you have a legal question, give us a call at 516-788-8963 or check us out on the web at kaltmanlaw.com.